0: On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. I'm Susan Shireko. Uh, Percy Brown is joining us today. He's also known as 25, depending on which book you're you're reading of his, but he's joining us today to talk about his book, Gang Member. Now, Percy holds a fifth degree in Taekwondo, which he began to study as a youth, and that has made a world of difference in his life. So please wave your hands to welcome Percy Brown. Hello, Percy. Welcome.
1: Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: I am glad to have you here this morning, sir. You know, I look at what we talked about, uh, you know, a week or so ago, and you grew up in some pretty tough neighborhoods when, when you were growing up. Where? What do you consider your hometown?
1: Well, I was born in, in Montgomery, Alabama, and I, I live in Montgomery now, and uh, that, that's what I consider home. Of course, there's a big difference now from, the, uh, from what it was when I grew up. I grew up in the projects, and uh, where I grew up, it, it doesn't exist anymore because they tore all of the buildings down, and they built some pretty nice townhouses now, but it was a pretty rough neighborhood. Well, I guess, you, know,
0: you use the term "the projects," and I I never think of Al, you know Alabama as having projects, you know. But you tell a story about what happened um, to you when you were a seven year old boy that really you know made a lifelong impact on you. Can you share with us what happened?
1: Oh yes, ma'am. I was uh, when I was seven years old. My mom uh, sent me to the store which was just across the street from the projects, a real small building. And uh, when I got in front of the store, a grown man actually kicked me in my stomach and took the money that my mother had given me. And I told him, you know, like a child would, that I'm going to tell my mom. And he goes, well, I'll kick your mom's butt too. And uh, I was, you know, really frightened at the time, but then, You know, something just uh, started in me, you know, that uh, I got the idea that I had to learn how to take care of myself and my mom.
0: That's a powerful message for a (laughs) seven-year-old. Yes. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, how did you really do anything about that? It's one thing to say, I've got to know how, but what did you do in order to take that up?
1: Well, my mind... uh, I wanted to learn how to fight. I I, I had a real uh, strong in the, uh well, I just wanted to learn how to fight. Now mm-hmm. in the beginning uh I would look at westerns like uh Roy Rogers although we only had black and white TV at that time
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I started learning how to punch like uh Roy Rogers, Gene Autry and and uh you know, the guys that I saw on, on uh, TV. And I found that some of the things that I learned from them would help me in fights outside because just about every time I walked outside the house, you know, that that was a fight. And uh, my mom would ask me, why did I want to stay inside all of the time? Because usually I would just stay inside reading. And I told her that, you know, the guys wanted to fight when I went outside. So she told me, well, you have to go outside, and if somebody hits you, you you've you got to hit them back. And the first time uh, that I really went out to join a bunch of guys who were playing in the yard, uh, we were playing football, and I had made a touchdown. Uh, one of the guys got an- on the other team got angry, and uh, the second time they gave me the ball, I was running straight towards him, and I was running so fast that he was kind of afraid to actually tackle me, so he let me run by, and as I passed him, he just took his fist and hit me in my back, you know, as hard as he could. Mm -hmm. Well, I kept running and and made the touchdown, and then I came back to face him, and I threw one of the punches that I had seen on the Roy Rogers show, and it actually knocked him out. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that actually, <laughs> and I kind of had a had a reputation, you know, from then. But uh, I was constantly asking my mom to, you know, get somebody to learn teach me how to box and how to wrestle and and you know different ways of defending mm-hmm. myself. Mhm. And and where
0: did you wind up?
1: Well, uh, there was a guy who was a ex prize fighter that my mom knew, and he started teaching me how to box. Uh that was a really traumatic experience because like, he was he was a, a huge guy and I would just get totally beaten up every day, you know oh with my him laughing. Yes. But uh, I I did I did start learning, you know, from him. And uh there was some guys who, you know, had parents who had, had gone into the military and, and had learned a few self defense techniques and I, I started learning from them. And I think I really got – when I really started getting kind of professional was when I went to uh, the school. I was at uh, Book of Washington uh, High Mm -hmm. School. Uh, We walked into the gym one day, and they had a boxing uh, ring set up. Well, me and another guy, a friend of mine, we put on the gloves. We were just fooling around. We had no intention of boxing. And so when the coach came in, he said, well, since you guys already have equipment on, you get in the ring and start fighting. And so when we got into the ring, I I started throwing a few punches, and I knocked this guy down. Well, the girls were on the other side of the gym. So when I knocked the guy down, all of the girls ran over and started hugging me and kissing me. And I said, okay, I think this is what I want to do. But I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize that that was a an easy fight because neither one of us, you know, really knew a lot about boxing. And then I, I started going into different matches, but each match got a little harder and a little harder. And then I, I realized that I was in something that was really, you know, <laughs> dangerous and more than I had expected
0: more than you thought right now you made a switch though you switched over to what is it uh taekwondo
1: the taekwondo was later on in life this was after i came out of the military but mm-hmm. the difference was i i had been learning from people just uh, as i went along from my youth i i had been learning from different people but never any really uh professionals uh mm-hmm. i moved i moved to detroit and there was a school there, and it was run by this Korean grandmaster. His name was our grandmaster, Shang Q. Shemp. Now, this man was, was incredible. And he was so far advanced from anything that I had ever seen. You know, he, he could take bricks and break them on his head, and he could hold a brick up in front of him and punch through it. And, you know, he, he was just amazing. He, he could do things that seemed unnatural. And I asked, I told him that I wanted to start taking martial arts and the martial arts that he taught. And he asked me, he said, well, uh, why do you want to take martial arts? And I told him that, you know, I wanted to be a better fighter. And he told me that there's no sense being a good fighter if you're not a good man. And that you know put me in a completely different thought pattern because I couldn't mm-hmm. understand what being a good man had to do with you know being a good fighter, but he was he was known more for philosophy you know than he was for fighting, and so as I trained under him uh i I learned that everything that I had learned before that was really really unprofessional and, and that he was te- taking me into a whole new realm of fighting. And uh, I began to grow uh, mostly, you know, in fighting skills, but I also started learning, you know, the philosophy that goes along with martial arts.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of philosophy is that? I mean, is it, is it possible to even sum it up in a few words?
1: Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, What we we teach in martial arts and what I was taught is that more so than fighting, what you concentrate on is modesty, courtesy, integrity, self-control, perseverance, and an indomitable spirit. And these things, you know, like I said, to the beginner, they might not mean anything, but as you grow into martial arts, you, you focus more on what they're talking about. And uh, I learned that that is what they consider spiritual development, when Mm -hmm. you learn to be humble and and unassuming and be polite and respectful. And I learned that those things, you know, can take you a a long way in life.
0: Well, they certainly, I mean, for you, you've you've actually made it, such an important part of your life it really it really has did was there any point at which you said i just want to quit this what is the point of this why do i want to even do this thing
1: sometimes uh when i first started training on the grandmaster sometimes i would get beaten so badly in the sparring classes that i would go home and look at myself in the mirror and i would say it makes no sense to actually pay money to get beaten up. <laughs> but I also, learned, I also learned that, you know, the more you continue training and the more that you inv- advance, then the less you get beaten up. So it was kind of a trade-off. Wow.
0: Now, your your journey at this point, we've gotten you as far as Detroit. And I think your next stop is Los Angeles.
1: The next I was in Los Angeles, but that wasn't planned. It was like after I had had experience with the court where I mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, accused of being uh, the father of a baby that I was not the father of. And, and I actually went to jail uh, because of that. So when I got out of jail, I, I was I was moving to Los Angeles just to get away from Detroit and, and get away from the uh, situation that I was into.
0: But did that open up some new possibilities for you, or did it put you in more danger?
1: It it put me in in a lot more danger because just before I left, I had had uh, surgery on on my uh, left foot. And I was not completely healed when, when I got to Los Angeles. So I was limping so badly when I got there, it was hard for me to find a job. Matter of fact, it was impossible for me to uh, find a job because I could barely walk. Uh, mm. Eventually, I got put out of my apartment, and I had to sleep in my car in the park. And that's, that's where uh, I met some guys who uh, were involved with gangs. Uh,
0: that's dangerous. Do you call is that the place you call the jungle?
1: It was it's a, yes, it's a place in, in uh Los Angeles that's called the jungle. And uh it was then a very dangerous area. I don't know whether it's still that way today or not, but I do know that uh in one of Den, Denzel Washington's movie uh training day, mm-hmm. they did show some scenes uh from the jungle. And the jungle was a place where there were a lot of guys who had uh, served time in San Quentin prison, and uh, they they lived there because you know whereas other people wouldn't rent them places, uh, it was easy for for them to get an apartment there. So it was a lot of them that uh, guys who were who were ex-convicts.
0: And that's risky business, as they say. So uh, you. It's... Yeah. But you you found a wife there? I mean you did marry somebody. Uh, oh, no, and...
1: no. no? No, I was married before Oh, before okay. I moved to, to Los Angeles, yeah. So it was my wife and I moved there together, but uh as soon when I got to the point where I couldn't walk she left. And oh. that, that's where I found myself in the apartment alone and that's I got put out from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you are all through this. Are you still doing your martial arts? I mean, aside from your foot being uh, having a problem, did you stay stay active in it?
1: I, I did stay active, but I was more or less training on my own when when mm-hmm. uh, uh, with with the foot problem, and I was you know had to uh, alter some of the techniques and modify some of the techniques, but I still worked out just as hard as I did uh, when I was in Detroit. Uh, the was that thing helpful? about uh, uh yeah, it it was really helpful because uh I now feel as, as I felt back then, had I not known and I had had I not put so much time into the martial arts, I, I would not have been able to survive. Mm. Then it was
0: definitely worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes it
0: was worth it. <laughs> your perspective. So so where did you go next? You didn't stay here in well, LA.
1: Yeah, I stayed in LA for quite a while because uh things kinda started to change. First I, I got on the wrong side of the game because uh a guy that I had met there uh he was a he was a drug pusher. Mm. And it was, it was one night while I was sleeping in the park, uh they had sent some guys over to beat him up because uh he he was short on his money. Mm-hmm. And then I got out to help him. Well, when I helped them, I got on the wrong side of the game. Then they sent some guys over to teach me a lesson As a matter of fact, I think' uh, about three different times and then uh after that, I knew that they were actually coming to kill me, and people in the neighborhood were telling me you know that that they had killed a lot of people over there, and that you know I had better run <laughs> I had better run and I thought you know. That it would probably be a good idea just to leave the neighborhood. As a matter of fact, I didn't have anywhere to, to stay in anyway. But I guess it was my ego, and you know, my family. I I never wanted my family to know the position that I was in at that mm, time. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm, and I felt mm-hmm. like I I was I would probably die there. And I actually prayed. And and I told God, I said, Well, you know, I know that I'm 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 probably gonna die here, but I want you to forgive me for all of my sins because I, I don't want to go to hell when I die. And I, I remember saying that prayer. And then when the guys came actually to confront me, uh at this time they did not come to fight, they came to induct me into the game because of the skills that I had shown. Mm. Did you induct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You did? So you were part of the gang. Okay. I did. I I actually became a part of the gang. And uh, it was from there. They they arranged for me to get an apartment. Uh, They arranged for me to make some money through fighting. So what they did, they set up these fights. They call uh, what they call today underground fights. Mm-hmm. Where guys would come in and they would pay to get in the ring to fight, and I would get half of the money that they paid and if they won uh, one of the gang leaders he put up i think he put up something like a thousand dollars if they would win the fight, they would get a thousand dollars but i I was in a whole lot of fights over there that sometimes three or four fights per day, and wow. i I actually have a loss. But that was due to my uh, due to the training that I had had. Sure, over the years. sure. But you didn't stay in Los Angeles. Uh, and let's see. Quite a while I did. Really? I, I, wow. I did because yes. Uh, after after uh, uh, well, my foot had actually gotten hurt in the Marine Corps, and that's that's where mm-hmm. I, I had to have the surgery. So. As you know, as time passed, the Marine Corps started paying me uh, disability, and after I got I got the disability, payment, I stayed there and uh, went to school, and I actually mm-hmm. uh, earned a degree in uh, computer science.
0: That's that's my memory of this conversation is that you got a degree in computer science and that you you actually headed back to Montgomery.
1: I headed back to Montgomery. This was uh, way, this was from the, in the 90s. I think uh, 98 oh, was wow. when I actually came okay. back. Yet. And, wow. uh, in 98, my mom uh, uh, came down with Alzheimer's. Uh, and I, I, moved back, and mm-hmm. I moved back to Montgomery to take care of my mother. Had, had not planned to stay that long. I, I thought that, you know, I could help her get well, and then I would move back, but it, it it was years before you know uh she she kept getting worse worse for years and mm-hmm. then she uh, mm-hmm. but when yeah, that's, a, of, that's
0: a that's a long slow illness to go through
1: yeah, yeah, steady uh,
0: deterioration yeah 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 so yeah. during that time were at that point you were able to work you had a job of some sort i don't know if you used your computer science or if you did something else but did Did you, at that point, start to think about creating a school for martial arts?
1: Well, I started teaching uh, just about as soon as I moved to Montgomery.
0: Oh, Uh, okay. I
1: taught at the the community centers at first, and then I would offer uh, for the city, I would offer uh, free classes, you know, during the uh, summer vacations. And Mm -hmm. uh, I taught at the community centers for quite a while before I started, you know, Trying to find my own building to teach, and when I when I started trying to get the building, that that was when oh I started running into a lot of problems.
0: But you were still able to find places
1: where you could teach. Oh yes, Either. yes, it's mm-hmm. okay. been uh, uh, continuous uh, ever since I've been here.
0: And has that been a good business for you? I mean, how you have lots of students who come?
1: No. Uh, it hasn't been a, a real profitable business. But at the same time I got some students, you know, I, I have I've had some students that have trained under me for a long a lot of years and they have really really made some progress in their lives and, and I have students now that come back, you know, and tell me how glad they were that they have trained under me and, and the uh positive influence that the that the lessons have had. I, I actually have uh two students now who started when they were about seven years old and they actually guard the president.
0: <laughs> wow. That's very cool. <laughs> now, now did you um when at what point did you decide you wanted to write your book?
1: Uh I think I I decided that I would write when I left Detroit, because I I tried to, I have a a son and a daughter in Detroit, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I I was trying to keep in, in close contact with them as close as I could. But when I left Detroit, I knew I was kind of running from the police, and I wouldn't have the time to spend with them that I had been spending. So I decided I would write the things that happened to me so that, one day, my son would be able to read these books you know and and mm-hmm, and see the mm-hmm. things that I had counted when i left and that's when i started and and the most you know i I never wanted to be a, a writer per se uh I was just more or less taking notes to for him for my son mhm
0: mhm that's i mean that's an amazing it's like almost like writing a journal you know you write these things did you send them to him or did you save them that you would give them to him in a future time
1: uh, no i wanted to uh, i i did want to put them in a book that uh, he could read at a future time yes mhm
0: mhm that's really uh, that's noble because it's very um it's some of these experiences that you're talking about are very emotionally challenging to deal with, you know, people coming after you, because if you're talking after Detroit, you were at some of the scarier moments in your life, I would think, for that period of time. Um, so did you, and then you came back and you're still working on your on the martial arts and teaching people. And the book, when it, it's finally moving forward to be published? And you uh, yes. finally bring it out. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, matter of fact, yeah i'm uh, going to promote the book this time, but uh, I still train in martial arts As a matter of fact i am preparing now to go up for my my sixth degree in the black belt and i I'm thankful that I still have a teacher uh, my teacher now is is uh, a grandmaster Hill Cho and he he's uh one of the one of the world's best known uh uh martial artists. He's 81 years old and he still practices. So wow. to me, that you know, it, he he helps me a lot, you know, and, and gives me the incentive that I need to keep going. But I still, like I said, I still practice just as much as I did in my youth.
0: That's incredible. I don't know how I don't know how old you are, but as we age, it gets harder and harder to keep doing those things. <laughs>
1: It really gets hard, and uh, I'm 73 years old. Uh, in my when I went for my uh, fifth degree, I was really crippled. I mean, uh, arthritis had taken over me so badly until, you know, I could I could barely walk. Mm. Uh, the last matter of fact, I, I I remember the last time I went to the veterans hospital. And they were telling me that I had to have a hip replacement immediately. And I told them that, you know, I I did not want the surgery uh, for a hip replacement that I would like, you know, some type of physical therapy or something that I could do without having the surgery. And the doctor told me that, well, if you don't want the hip replacement, there's really no sense in you coming to the doctor at all. Mm. And I was, i was in such bad shape i told my i told my wife and i said look uh she had already made the uh reservation for us to go to honolulu because that's that's where i had to test for my fifth degree Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i told her that you know i can barely walk and i I don't think i'm going to be able to test and so she said, Well yes, you are because I've already made these reservations and we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> so and I said, Okay. But I was thinking to myself, I said, Well, she can't tell me what to do. So what I'm gonna do is I'll I'll wait till I get to Hawaii and then I'll go and tell my teacher that, that I'm really not able to test. So we got to Honolulu and i went up to the school to tell my teacher that that i was in too bad a shape to test and and I, I was actually walking with a cane and he said, "Oh no, you put that cane down and you come on out here." <laughs> oh
0: wow! That's, um, and you tested? How did you do? Did you pass?
1: I, I, I not only I passed the test, but I, I got an award for my contributions to the martial arts. <laughs> oh wow! How wonderful!
0: That's great. You know, have you? Are you still making that decision about whether to do the hip replacement?
1: Oh no! You know, uh, actually, after I left. Uh, My teacher advised me to get a hip replacement, and my wife, she was still researching doctors, you know, uh, trying Mm -hmm. to find the best one to do it. But I I seriously did not want the surgery because the surgery that I had on my foot, my foot really never recovered. You know, it never got back to normal, so I was really afraid of the hip replacement. And uh, I told her... You know, I was walking so badly at the time until I I felt like I was embarrassing her when we would walk together. So I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you what, give me three months and I will try to, you know, work on my diet and exercise and see if I can get better. And if I can't do if I don't get better in three months, then I'll go ahead and have a replacement, have a hip replacement. And uh, after three months, I, I started getting better. And I've been steadily improving since then.
0: That's fantastic. That is fantastic. I mean, the, the hip surgery is supposedly less challenging to get past than, uh, say, the knee surgeries, which are really, really difficult. Uh but the fact that you can, you've you been able to use diet and exercise to improve an arthritis situation is fantastic. That's what you should write your next book about. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, there are a lot of people who are in that spot of not being able to do that.
1: Yeah. It, it, it was a really challenging experience for me because uh, when the doctor first told me that I needed a hip replacement, I was living in Los Angeles. And I wanted, I hated so bad to have the surgery. I went to about five different doctors, and they mm-hmm. all gave me the same diagnosis. And then finally, I went to a Korean doctor, and uh, I told him what they had told me that, you know, martial arts was probably making it worse. That I should stop martial arts, and that I would need a, I would not be able to go a year without having my hip replaced. So the Korean doctor said, he said, well, i tell you what, uh, I'm going to try anti-inflammatories in, instead of the surgery, and you may be able to go a little longer with the anti-inflammatories. But he said as far as quitting martial arts, and he started laughing. He said, there are people like you in my country. He said, if you quit martial arts, you'll die.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so much a part of who you are. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I think it's um you have a tremendous message that comes through loud and clear um from from what you talk about. How important, you know, martial arts has been to you and to your life. You know, what how would you sum it up in uh, maybe one sentence, you know, about w- what's the value of doing martial arts?
1: Well, my uh, one sentence that my teacher told me uh, after I had had a fight here in Alabama with with uh, some guys from a gang coming to my school, to me the most important thing was fighting. And when I told him about the fight, he told me that that's something you should never do. And he said that martial arts is for spiritual development. And that's that's, that's my summation of martial arts. I I think it's for spiritual development because I can, you know, try to improve myself spiritually, continuously. And I can always go to bed, you know, and sleep peacefully. Yes, yes, I hear you.
0: So where do people find out about you and your school? Where they can, if they want to look for you?
1: Well, I, I do have a page on Facebook. I, I have a, a website also, uh, PercyBrownTKD. Uh, dot com. But the website is pretty old because it, it hasn't been renewed in years. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, like I said, that, that the website is there, and uh, I do have a Facebook page under your name, Percy
0: Brown.
1: Uh, under Percy Brown, yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. And,
0: and and where is the book Gang Member available?
1: Well, uh it's now being republished by uh Westwood Publications. And mm-hmm. uh it should be uh the new the new version should be available in about a month, uh they're saying. There there are still some old copies available on uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm and it's
0: a bit, what formats will it be in hard copy paperback
1: uh it's paperback
0: paperback okay and is it available in an ebook uh
1: it is available in ebook but i i oh. would i would prefer you know to wait for the the uh renewed publications than old because uh, i i made you know corrected some of my mistakes that i made in the old book and uh the the new book by Westwood would be a better copy even though they they're pretty close to being the same. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. But and that's just by the time we get through all of the publication of this recording it may be available because it it takes a couple <laughs> weeks for time to you know
1: for all these things to happen. So okay. have you, are you going
0: to be be more active in the promotion of the book this time?
1: I will. I will be more active in the promotion. Uh my 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 uh Focus now, just like it's being all the time, is, is is in my next test. Like I said, I'll, I'll be going up for my sixth degree black belt, and I'll be uh, consider a, a master at that time. So I've been. And then yes. most, I'm sorry. Then
0: you, then people are uh, when they see Master Percy Brown, they will uh, they'll pay more attention.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes wonderful okay well Percy I really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts on the value of martial arts for everyone Uh, for for those who've been listening this is a reminder we've been talking with Percy Brown who's the author of gang member which although it sounds unlikely as a title it's really talking about the value of taekwondo in life and the spiritual components of it for anybody who is uh, facing some, you know, physical challenges out in the world. So um, thank you again, Percy. I really appreciate what you've pulled together here. I Thank you. Okay. Well, that's it for us today, folks. Bye for now, and have a great day.